Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing quite quite a film it's my demon lover from 1987 directed by charlie leventhal and i think this is the only movie that he directed and written by leslie ray um so here we are with a film that i cannot really believe exists i think part of it is that it's new line cinema which is um the company that was basically launched by Nightmare on Elm Street. So, Right. (laughs) And that somehow explains it, but also doesn't. Like, I don't know if anything can quite explain this movie. Yeah, because it's very... It's it's a horror comedy in... A horror rom-com in, like, a... I think a more pure sense than some of the others that we've done, just because it's actually disgusting most of the time. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's, it's disgusting. There's a lot of horror, but it's also so over the top. It's really trying to be comedy. Um, So it's, it's ramped up with the jokes and it's ramped up with the, I mean, this is in the eighties. So this is plastic mask horror movie. (laughs) Like, this is um, camp, just deep camp special effects theater. And it's, I mean, it's giving us a lot. None of it's good. I mean, there's definitely fun moments, um, comedy-wise, but they're very hard to separate from the horror of (laughs) watching this movie. (laughs) Yeah, so this movie, everything about it is disgusting. It's, oh, there's a woman named Denny, played by Michelle Little, who who is uh, not a well-known actress. Apparently she retired from acting um, after she got married and had a child. So she ret- so actually she retired like very soon after this movie, which might explain why she hasn't done a lot. This well, movie I mean, was kind of like her last, huh? Oh, I was just going to say when you make um, a really great piece of art <laughs> and some people just want to, you know, go back to their cave and relax. And so maybe she just felt that this was this spoke for her and and now she can go have a family. <laughs> yeah, she she stopped. She's her last movie was Apollo thirteen in nineteen ninety five, um, and she has not acted since. So she she did a few she did a few roles here and there. Um, she she is by far the most likable part of this movie. Yes, she is. Even though her character is just, I feel so awful for her character. She just traumatized the whole time. She. She has a really terrible time. So she, she's one of those people, she's one of those, there's so many women like this that we've covered on the podcast. One of those women that like doesn't know that she's beautiful or sexy. And so she's like, we meet her when she's just like with her friend uh, played by Gina Gallego, who plays Sonia, um, who's like a, uh, an actress who's in a lot of stuff. Oh, she was on Crazy yeah. Ex-Girlfriend. 
Yeah, she's fantastic. I I loved her. Um, I immediately recognized her and I was like, oh, yes, I love her. And then I liked her character a lot, even though, I mean, I feel that all of the women in this were very shortchanged. Yeah, there are a lot of turns there. So she's like, she's talking to her friend. And of course, her friend is like more like sexual and confident. She's just like, I wish I was more like beautiful like you and like all this stuff and of course I was just sitting there just like you're both beautiful like it's fine <laughs> I know. okay with that scene where Denny's like I wish I was beautiful and smart and confident like you I was like you're both beautiful and smart you're just not confident like that's the thing you don't have and I don't understand how she can't be confident because her apartment is incredible I know like it doesn't matter what, like, it doesn't matter what your relationship with how you look like is or your body. Like, if you have that apartment, you should be fine. You should be happy. You should be thriving. The, the exposed brick, oh the kitchen, God. the counter space, I her live, table, I live. the couch. Like, it is one of the most beautiful apartments I've ever seen. It's gorgeous. It's like exactly where I would want to live if I lived alone in New York. I'd be like, yes, this. I'm pretty sure she lives in like a nice brownstone alone. Yeah, she lives in like Greenwich Village. Remember when you could just live there? <laughs> Truly ridiculous. Like she's not a Koch brother and she lives in Greenwich Village. <laughs> like, yeah, she's like she's not a Baldwin and she can afford Greenwich Village. <laughs> She's, like, successful. She's stylish. She has kind of, like, a cute, like, little retro style. She's environmentally conscious. She's a vegetarian. Like, I don't get... What is there not to like? Like, I wish I was a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest takeaway from this movie. <laughs> I wish I was a vegetarian. Well, like... um. Because, like, when she... Okay, so I guess we should get into... So there's um a man, a, a houseless individual named Kaz, who um is one of those people who, like, plays the saxophone and, you know, like, gets t- he busks. Is that what it's... Busking? Yeah, yeah. He's a busker. Um, So he'll busk on the train, and sometimes he'll kind of busk near train stops and busy streets. Um, and so we're first introduced him while he's playing the saxophone and he's kind of spinning this tale about like being from outer space. And Um, he's got this blazer that like, I wanted to burn it. Yeah. I wanted to burn his blazer. (laughs) I, I would, um, support you in that. I would come burn the blazer with you. I think that would be him having it at first, like, it makes sense. You know, he's, like, a houseless individual, and it's clear that he's, like, struggling. But then throughout the rest of the movie, he still has that blazer. And I just... I think it was, like, you know how we all have clothing items that just become part of us? Like, oh, this sums up me, or I feel at home in this, or this is, like, how I want to look, at least this piece of clothing. I feel like he grew that attachment to that before he became like a couple with Denny and, and he had a place to live. And so then he's just like, well, this is my personality. Like part of my personality is this jacket. It's like my look. And it, it doesn't have to be his look. <laughs> it really doesn't like from scene to scene. Like, I think it was just because it was late. I was high and I was also really irritated by the movie, but like from scene to scene, I'm just like, he's still wearing the blazer. <laughs> he's still fucking 
wearing it like i almost feel like it's like a south park situation where like if he didn't wear the blazer he would just look like every other white guy yeah <laughs> like totally. they had to put something on him <laughs> i i think so i feel like you know there was i mean obviously you know we'll get into the fact that he has like this demonic curse on him <laughs> you know the whole title of it is my demon lover and he's the demon lover so that 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 sets him apart from other white guys. Although I do think there's plenty of white guys who have demonic curses on them. Um, but he, <laughs> I do feel like the movie was trying to make him sexy in this very eighties, like, like this guy, like can also be the punk show. <laughs> the eighties hair where it's just like a lot on top going on with the, like, I don't know how he keeps it all together without hairspray, but, you know, do you? It's played, He's played by Scott Valentine, who is most known for being on Family Ties, which, like, just reading the name Family Ties just sent me into a wormhole. Oh, my gosh. Family yeah, like, just like, such a time machine. Like, I, and I can totally see, you know, he was on a sitcom. It's like, okay, it's time to give him his movie. But, like, the... <laughs> None of the men in this movie are good at at anything, at acting, at being interesting. It was just every man was obnoxious, including that guy who's like clearly like they couldn't afford Garrett Morris. So they hired a guy who looked like Garrett Morris. Yeah, the men. I mean, this this movie had no good characters. Like, there were no characters that were, like, super interesting and fleshed out. I found Sonia to be... I found Denny to be the most likable and Sonia to be the most interesting. And they were still very thinly sketched characters. And the men were all horrible. Uh, just, like, their characters were horrible. And even, like, you know, we're supposed to like the demon lover because he can't help that he's a demon lover. But he still, like, doesn't respect boundaries and is shady and a liar. And, like, I still don't like him. Yeah, no, he sucks. Um, so, so the so the demon part is that uh, Scott Valentine Jazz is a it's Kaz Kaz. Um, whenever he gets sexually aroused, he turns into a demon, and it's a different demon every time. It seems like like sometimes yeah. it wings. <laughs> It's very weird. The magic logic in this movie is very cobbled together. And one thing that was strange to me is we find out pretty early before, obviously before Denny finds out that Kaz turns into a demon, we know that he turns into a demon, but he, so he knows that he turns into a monster when he gets turned on. And when he starts to get intimate with a woman, that's what triggers it is like basically, you know, foreplay. Um, but he doesn't even know why or how. And this is a man who has been living this way since he was a child. And the only reason and the only way that he finds out why he is possessed is when he talks to a psychic on the street who, like, brings him to the back of the, like, um, you know, the chest that he has open of of random things he's selling and, like, shows him a vision of when Kaz was young and like tried to kiss a girl and then her Romanian grandmother came in and cursed him with a demon. <laughs> like this magic logic was so confusing. And I was just like, how has this man been living, turning into a demon all this time? And he just finally finds out why it happened and, and the rules of it 
as an adult when he talks to this psychic on the street. And the psychic is basically like, so the only way that you can, like, if you want to become uncursed, then the trick is the person who's closest to you in your life ends up taking on the curse and then you're free. And so he's like, oh, oh no, because at that point he's into Denny. Like, it's, it just, like, to me, I was like, how has this man been turning into a demon every time he gets horny and he hasn't tried to figure it out until now? He just, like, it's weird because, because before, it takes a while to reveal that. And so the whole time I just thought that he was a werewolf because he just, like, keeps on, like, waking up in random places. Like, one time he just wakes up in the garbage and, like, I'm just like, okay. And, you know, there's, like, this guy who's, like, killing women and that's, and that's, like, the thing with, like, there's, like, a police officer. There's, like, a detective that's trying to figure it out. And it's, like, okay, he's disappearing. It's, like, it's like a werewolf. Like, it's weird that it's the setup for a werewolf story. And then it's not to do that. Right. And my thought was, because I was just expecting werewolf, because the first time that we meet him, you know, he's playing saxophone. And then there's, like, a moment where we see a glint in his eyes. And you're, like, oh, okay, he's a werewolf. And I was I was just thinking like if you're not gonna have him be a werewolf, then you should have the the actual curse be really interesting um, and add to the story. But instead, it's confusing because he's turning into all these different kinds of creatures, and it's inconsistent and it doesn't add anything. I'm like, this doesn't add anything. Just make him be a werewolf so we can get on with it. Um, but he, the way that he meets Denny is fucking awful so okay so first of all in the beginning of the movie denny um like is coming back home to her apartment and her abusive ex-boyfriend who is basically breaks up with her by stealing a bunch of her stuff and she sees him riding off in a truck and she's like no we can make it work and then like the next day she has a talk with uh her co-worker sonia and sonia's like you're attracted to trash and you know like this guy sucks and he's awful and like you should be glad that he's gone and denny's like yeah but i just want love um and that's how we meet her so we know like there's this context of like okay she um she really wants love she really wants a relationship but she doesn't have boundaries and she doesn't really understand her worth so then we have this context and then she meets kaz because he street harasses her he's just like harassing her and he's, her and he's just like woman like he, well he says girl he's like girl and then he sees her like eating food and he's like food and then like he comes and he like eats her food and then he's like you gave me a fruit burger and then for like a couple scenes he's just calling her fruit burger <laughs> yeah he calls her fruit burger and it makes me like it triggers such irrational rage in me like I had to like stand up and like take a deep breath <laughs> like for some reason him calling her fruit burger just like broke me <laughs> it's, it's just weird that he's so offended that she's not eating a meat burger and I'm just like leave it was her lunch yeah like, for real. like let her eat what she wants um and so he like follows her, he literally follows her home the first time they meet. And then, and she's like, you know, get away. And she's like trying to go into her apartment. And then he's like, I'm so sorry. It's just that like, you're beautiful. And then I, I hate this so much. And then she's like, it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not okay. This grown man should not be following you. It's not okay. He's a fucking creep. And then he, like, pretends to get hurt so that she'll, like, hug him because she lies and says she has a boyfriend inside. And then she reveals she doesn't have a boyfriend because he's like, oh, go get your boyfriend to help me. 
and then he like invites him i hate it i hate it okay so she is wild like he's wild but she's also wild because she's like like she lets him stay and then like she immediately becomes comfortable with it and it's just like you don't have to go and like for a lot of the movie it's very unclear what it is that she's into and then like later on um when he's trying to end the relationship because he's worried that he's gonna hurt her she's like i can have a relationship with anybody and i feel like that's the through line of her character which is that she just wants to be with someone and she'll make it work as in she will make sacrifices and be okay with getting nothing in return. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It's just like a story about a woman who, and she says to him in one scene, um, and this was funny because it's, you know, it's set in the 80s. So it's just like so long ago now, but she's like, I'm a woman of the 80s. Like what's wrong with me? Like I can have a job. I could be empowered, but I just want to take care of someone. And I just want to, you know, have a partner and a family. And so there's a moment where she like straight up says that's her goal, which is fine. That's fine if you want that. But obviously in this movie and with her, it's very unhealthy and it's leading her to just accept anyone who wants to be with her, even if they're abusive or even if they're like just taking advantage of her um, and not someone that she actually knows. And so we're supposed to believe, I feel like the movie wants us to root for Kaz in her because he's, even though he met her in this horrible way, he, um, he's like, I guess he falls for her. So we're supposed to be like, oh, cute. <laughs> and there's this weird thing where like, he doesn't tell her at first that he's a demon or that he's possessed by a demon, but then like they're kissing and he's like, we can't do this. I can't have sex. So they just have this weird thing where they live together And he only stays on the couch and she just accepts that and like never really asks. And then finally, when she asks about it, he, (laughs) he tries to tell her and she doesn't believe him, which, you know, that that's maybe the most uh, believable part of the movie is her just being like, why are you making fun of me by telling me that you have the secret and then lying and saying that you turn into a demon. But that's another thing. I'm like, you invite this, strange man that followed you home to basically live with you and have this relationship. And then you never have sex. And then you never ask about that. And then like, he tells you he turns into a demon. (laughs) Like there are so many red flags and the movie knows there's red flags because the whole thing is that she doesn't care about the red flags, but it still drives me up a wall. Yeah. I mean, like her friend says to her like earlier in the film, um, if you lie on the floor, people will wipe their feet on you. And she, it just like, she really does spend the entire movie just lying on the floor. <laughs> and I just keep on wondering, girl, when are you going to get up? Cause it's like, it's not even like I'm trying to like impose my values on her. Like I also want a family. I also understand that, but it's also, but it's like, how much are you going to put up with? Right. And like, you know, every relationship involves a certain amount of compromise and work, of course. However, if at the beginning it's really, really hard and you're doing all of the work, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> like that, if that's how that person is when they're trying to impress you, then yikes. 
Yeah. And also there's another guy, which, oh God, I hate this. There's a, there's a guy that I originally thought was sweet in the movie. That's just like, he's just trying to get a date. He's like hitting on her. He's hitting on whoever. And he's got like all these like intricate date ideas that he wants to do. We can do this. We can do that. And I was just like, you know, movies are always so mean to guys like this. Like he just seems like a nice man. And then the movie's like, LOL. He's actually killing all the women. And I personally <laughs> am upset about that. Like, let the regular guy just be the regular guy. Like, why can't it be a douchebag with, like, a giant chin or something? Why does it have to be just, like, this guy that, like, seems okay? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually had the opposite reaction. I was like, oh, that checks out. <laughs> I feel... No, I mean, I feel... Like, I get it. It's just, I don't know. It just feels so tropey that it's him. That's funny because I didn't find it tropey. Like, I, I guess I didn't find, I guess I don't really think that much about who are the killers always in these movies. I don't really have a consistent trend with that in my head. So I wasn't like, oh, it's going to be a dorky guy again. Because um, to me, that's not, a, in my head, that's not lodged as a trope. I was just like, oh, yeah, okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's just every you see him, all these scenes of him like getting into the phone booth and like calling and just being like and I just and I just want to be like God like the movie just kind of makes it seem like all men are terrifying which I I can't argue with that but it's it's bleak man <laughs> I mean it is super bleak because the movie is basically like all men are terrifying. And then the two main female characters, you know, there's Denny and she's just a pushover. And so she's the desired one because she's a pushover. So it's like, hey, as a woman, you just need to put up with anything. And then Sonia is outspoken and knows herself, but she's shafted. Um, and her sister is attacked by the murderer. And so she's like experiencing all this trauma. So it's just like a weird trauma feedback loop between the female and male characters in this movie. And nobody, nobody feels represented in a way that is um, full, like fully human. So I agree with you there. Because I, I obviously don't think men are, you know, demons or murderers. <laughs> like, obviously, that's not, those aren't the, the two types of men. But I, I think in the world of this movie, when, when that guy ended up being a murderer, I was like, oh, okay, word. <laughs> I don't know. It just always feels like a, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've watched a lot of movies like this where it's just like, ugh, just, just look how, look how eager he is. Disgusting. It's just like, I don't know. Maybe Kyle has rubbed off too much on me. Cause I also feel like that's the character that Kyle wouldn't want to be the killer either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, I don't know. That seems like a guy who I'd be nice to. And then he'd eventually call me a cunt. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, comedy. I think that's my like homeschool upbringing. I'm like, no, I don't feel bad for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're assholes. <laughs> so, like, it's very hard to talk about this movie because a lot of it's just like shenanigans. Like the whole third act is like demon versus demon kind of and all of a sudden they're in like almost like a gothic castle area i didn't understand where oh they my God, yeah the last 20 minutes are just like this weird campy video game fight and i just 
like psychologically there's not that much to impact with this movie because it is so cartoony and the and like we said none of the characters are very deep and they're all like pretty cringy in different ways so there's not like a lot of emotional dynamics to dive into and there's so and like the last 20 minutes are just like it's just like it's basically <laughs> it's basically horned up demon guy so he's in demon form trying to fight this murderer who also has powers but we don't really know why do you understand why he has powers because he randomly has powers in that scene and i don't understand how or what kind of powers he has i don't know maybe it's like the power of love but then i would have to believe that he the thing about it this this kaz is that he seems like a sociopath like i don't believe that he can love i don't I like even by the end we're like we're supposed to believe that like I just feel like he just wants to be in the apartment and I'm just like dude same I would also (laughs) you're like oh he's just trying to live there (laughs) and it's like it's fine you know like he needs a home and like she's ready to oblige but like I don't see any love there all I see is like her like he he loses the curse at the end so like they can fuck but like i almost wonder like without all the shenanigans would they really even have anything to do like i wonder giving this movie a different another read what if she's just like excited by all of these shenanigans and what's gonna happen when there aren't any left and it's just him i mean i i was like well maybe like she's she's she hasn't had like a boring, healthy relationship ever based on the way she talked about her relationships. Um, and I say boring in a positive way. <laughs> I think the best relationships, there's not drama. <laughs> um, but, and so I think that she's familiar with chaos and danger and with him, it's like, well, he's not putting that towards me. He's nice to me. He just has this demon thing. So I, I agree with you. I think maybe if he didn't have the demon thing, she would have to deal with her fear of actually being loved and actually being seen. And he would have to deal with whatever the hell he actually, like who he actually is, which we don't know. Right. Exactly. Cause I'm not sure if he actually sees her. For I, like, think he does. I think that she's, I think that she makes herself enough of a blank slate and he projects himself onto her or he just projects his knee for an apartment. <laughs> yeah. Which is weak, but like, that's real. Yeah, I mean, like, no shit. Like, if you need an apartment and there's an available apartment, I'm totally fine with that. Like, I, like we live in New York. There's so many vacant apartments. Like, I, like, I'm just everybody deserves to be in an apartment. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not. It's weird because, like, this movie also doesn't seem to have much of an opinion on him not having a home, and the movie also doesn't explain why he doesn't have a home because it can't just be because he turns into a monster. That can't be why. So, like, what is? We never learn what is his story. Like, why? That's a really great don't... point because he's. I don't know. He's like a white guy in the eighties. Seems like he could get a job. <laughs> like. You know, he's pretty, he's pretty, like, even though I don't like his character, he can be pretty charming. Um, 
So it doesn't seem like he would be unable to get some sort of job unless he's horny all the time at work. <laughs> yeah, he's just like so horny. That he's he so horned up by like making someone a sandwich that he turns into a demon and gets fired. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the movie, I mean, yeah, we don't know enough about either one of these characters. We don't know why he's homeless. Like, I feel like the movie is just like, he's homeless. That's it. And it's just like, no. Actually. Yeah, I feel like the movie is almost like, obviously if you turn into a demon, then you are, you know, you don't have a house and it's like, okay, <laughs> really? <laughs> and like, why doesn't he have any friends? I was also confused by that because he just seems like somebody who would like, he seems like somebody who would have friends. Like, <laughs> I like would go to a concert and like make five friends at the concert. And, yeah. like, you know, they'd like do acid together. And then he'd be like, so actually I'm a demon. And they'd be like, that's tight, dude. <laughs> like, I feel like he would actually be popular. Like everyone would be like, did you hear? Like, if you get him horny, he turns into the devil. <laughs> that's such an interesting concept. Like he turns into a demon when he gets horny. I mean, there's a lot of weird shame around sex, like, implicit, in my opinion. Um, just, like, this idea that him being aroused turns him into a monster. Like, I just, this makes me think of so many tropes connected to male sexuality that, like, demonize it. And this is directly demonizing it. And right. Well, like, yeah, it reminds me of a lot of, like, like abstinence stuff where it's just, like, they just can't help it. And like, and I don't. Yeah, it, it actually, I thought of that while watching it. I was like, this reminds me of like weird pastors who were like, men just turn into beasts and they just want sex. And so that's why women are responsible for everything. And like, that was kind of the vibe of this movie is was, was like, well, we can't get me horny because Satan will do some weird stuff and I might murder some other women. Yeah, I almost feel like this could have been like with some like if you like put it into like a high school setting, it could be like some kind of like scare tactic for Christian kids like this. Well, this is what happens. Absolutely, <laughs> I totally see that. <laughs> this is why you gotta wait for marriage. <laughs> God, I also, wish this like female orgasms don't exist, and neither do gay people. Uh, have fun going to heaven. <laughs> God, I wish yeah. there was I wish there was something to talk about in this movie. <laughs> something Well, there was one line that I really liked. Um when he was a demon. <laughs> like some of the comedy lines were just so ridiculous. He when he was a demon and she's freaking out cuz she's seeing him as a demon for the first time and he's like, "What? Do you think I'm trying to impress Steven Spielberg?" <laughs> he's basically like like she's like undo it and he's like i can't and then that's like what it mounts to is his him being like do you think i'm trying to impress steven spielberg and i don't know why that was so funny to me i had to write it down i was like this is so ridiculous like the comedy was really um i do feel like it could have been if if the plot itself didn't annoy me so much and the characters were a little better done then some of the comedy moments would have worked better um because there are some good there are some funny jokes in here but everything is so annoying and messy and stressful that i don't get to enjoy them in the way that i could 
And for a movie that, like, is really centered around the idea of sex, like, even the title, My Demon Lover, there's almost, there's, like, nothing sexy. Oh, my God, no, it's, like, the opposite of sexy. There's no sensual um, elements. And I, I wasn't, like, expecting to get hot and heavy watching My Demon Lover, but there's no, it's not like with a vampire movie where there's, like, you know, there's the rose petal and the drip of blood and like the lighting. There's none of that energy here. But even like something like earth girls are easy. Like it's like goofy, but there's still like some scenes mostly involving Gina Davis that are like kind of hot. Like Gina Davis is great. Absolutely. I totally agree. And this is like so uncomfortable. And even there's like a scene where um, Denny is trying to, Like, she's found out he's a demon, and she's freaked out, and then she ends up, like, talking to him after and is like, no, it's okay, I've thought about it, we can make it work, like, I'm fine, like, I can make it work. And so they start making out, and then he gets horny, so he turns into a demon, and she's like, no, it's okay, let's keep going. So then she's, like, trying to kiss the demon, and it's the grossest thing ever. (laughs) Like, it's not... Like, it could be really funny, and it is a little bit funny, but it's also just depressing because her character has been through so much, and her character is just, like... There's also a scene when he has first met her where, like, a man is trying to attack her, and then he, like, saves her. Like, she's just been traumatized so much that that moment that could have been comedy was just depressing to me. I was like, this woman is not okay. No, no. Yeah. God, now I just want to watch Earth Girls Are Easy. I guess that's my... I was going to say, I feel like that is the good recommendation. Yeah, watch Earth Girls Are Easy. Like, oh my God, Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum back when they were fucking. And like the side side character, like her friend... um, julie brown who i think who wrote it i'm pretty sure like she she's super fun and she has that i'm a blonde song which is super (laughs) yeah that is what this movie should have been it should have been like more fun like it's weird because it's trying it's like going for fun and then just yeah, I completely agree. I definitely think the movie's trying to be fun because it's not trying to actually be scary. Like, it's obviously a horror movie, but it's not trying to scare you. Um, it's not trying to have, like, you know, pathos or, or suspense, um, but it doesn't quite hit the fun mark, and that's a bummer because it wants to be fun in the way that Earth Girls Are Easy is fun and that, like, a lot of movies around this genre are fun. Um And the moments that I laughed were, like, meta laughs, you know, where you're just, like, laughing at yourself laughing. Yeah, yeah. This movie actually made me really appreciate my boyfriend's back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I. It was also just, it's, it's interesting, like the movies that we've watched this month have been such an an interesting, different angles on kind of Halloween horror movies. Like, they're all so different from each other. Yeah, yeah, they they are. And, you know, it's funny. I picked I picked the boyfriend school because I thought it would be, like, grosser. But it was, like, it was, like, weird it was, in a different way. Yeah, and it was, like, fun. Like, I had fun with that. Like, I would totally rewatch that movie. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, this, I, I never want to see this again. No, I would definitely not rewatch this. And, like... 
um, a friend messaged me cause I like posted a clip on my Instagram and I was like, I was halfway through at that point. And I was like, yeah, I mean, if you want to watch it, let me know. But also please don't like, please don't blame me if you spend your time on it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I wish I had more to say about this, but I feel like really that's all I got. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I'm sure a bunch of these costumes were repurposed for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so good win for that. Exactly. We love a we love a renewable costume exchange. Um, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle your monster <laughs> costumes. And you know, I don't know, man. Leave people alone when they're eating their fruit burgers. I'm very yeah, let people eat their fruit burgers. Let people be vegetarians. Don't follow people home. Um, you know, just if somebody tells you that they're possessed by a demon, just believe them and move along. <laughs> don't yeah. question them. <laughs> yeah, and maybe don't make so many concessions for a guy that you forget who you are. I agree. If if the first time you meet him, he's um, making fun of you, harassing you, and following you home, then that can be the last time you meet him. Yeah, 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 and it should be. Absolutely. And I hope if you're listening to this, you're being nice to yourself and you're eating whatever, whatever a fruit burger is to you. I hope you're feeding yourself those delicious nutrients and that you're drinking water and that you're wearing your mask when you go outside and washing your hands and logging off. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah, back it up.